And hello everyone and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Dick Batista along with Nathan Jones and we're transmitting live from our station here, www.twave.tv, tweetcasting.tv and our various network. And it's great to be here with you today as we have an awesome program prepared for you today as we're going to be talking about the prophecies in Proverbs. And maybe you never thought about that. Of course, we're going to encourage you to follow along with us and get your Bibles ready for today's program. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to get into the Proverbs. Uh, Lord, more than just wisdom, they also have prophecy. And we pray that you will open up our eyes, our hearts, our minds to what your word has to teach us in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, you're tuning into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the prophecies in Proverbs. And of course, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Broward, Calvary Aventura, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And of course, you can find more information here www.twave.tv. And if you find yourself in our area, we'd love to encourage you to be part of our ministry. And of course, Sundays at 9 a.m. in Spanish and 11 a.m. in English and on Wednesdays, the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy uh, TV uh, edition and also live pulpit edition as we're going through the book of Zechariah. So we encourage you to be part of that. You can get more information by calling us at 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And those of you that are following us live on social media, we'd love for you to be part of the program. We see many of you are already tuned in. Feel free to post your questions or your comments for Nathan Jones or myself regarding today's program. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. How are you doing? I am excited about today's program, Nathan. It's beautiful here in South Florida. And of course, it's great to have you back, man. Talk to me. What were you? Well, I was at St. Martin's at the Bible Prophecy Conference on that great island out there in the West Indies. Beautiful church, praise Tabernacle Church, uh, Pastor Franklin Bell. Now there is a church that loves the Lord. Man, it felt like a little slice of the millennial kingdom. I praise the for them. I was there with Evangelist Tom Perkins, and we uh, had Bible Prophecy Conference for four days. And uh, once I get the videos uh, found on YouTube, once the church posts them, I will find them and I'll make sure they're posted so people can see them do great conference. And thanks for asking, Vic. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that, Nathan Jones. You get to travel quite a bit with Dr. Reagan, and I think that is very exciting. And also, Nathan, I apologize. I forgot to ask you to talk to us a little bit about the ministry and your contact information. Well, I'm uh, Nathan Jones, Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks can check us out our website, lamblion.com or ChristinProphecy.org. Excellent. Thank you, Nate. For those of you that are watching us live via social media or on our channel, you can check it out. All the information is there on the screen. I love the website, Nate, and all the wonderful things. So, Nathan, uh, you have an upcoming conference. Again, can you share with us briefly for maybe someone who's not familiar with the ministry uh, when that's going to take place and what's going to be shared this year? Well, certainly. Well, every year, Lamb and Lion Ministries hosts an annual conference here in the Dallas area. This year, theme is living with hope in the end times awesome. and so we want to bring hope to the world but you know as you we always teach bible prophecies about and that's saturday july 15th folks can come here to the dallas area and attend it 
register online on our website at landline.com or we'll be streaming it from our website right. at landline.com and uh, last year we had about 10,000 people Ooh. join us on our online conference including praise the Lord your church Vic at Calvary Chapel out of yeah. so we just ask the folks that they want a great dose of Bible prophecy get a little hope for the end times uh, come to our website July 15th all day long we'll be having a Bible prophecy conference here in the Dallas area and yeah. streaming around the world Excellent. And Nathan, you're also including a banquet this year, maybe? Or how, how's, how's it looking for this year? On Thanksgiving, we do have a banquet, and we won't be streaming that, but uh, we will be holding that here. Yeah. Tickets are limited, so if people want to get those, they need to do that through our website. And our uh, featured speaker that night is Dr. Ed Heinsen of Liberty oh. University. Fantastic. Well, that's a great opportunity. Thank you for sharing that, Nathan. It's fantastic to have these incredible resources available and for people to actually come and meet everyone live and, and mingle. And uh, in the past years, Nathan, you've done a great job in hosting questions and answers in between the breaks, and that's also fantastic. Yes, yes. Uh, for about 15 minutes after each speaker, we'll have an interview area outside of the conference room. And we'll be interviewing various speakers, guest attendees. I'm trying to give everybody a little slice of what yeah. it's like being in a conference. They can't be there in person. We'll make it so that they can be there at least through their computers and mobile devices. Absolutely. That's why we love technology. Nate, thank you for sharing yeah. that wonderful information with us. Um, we do a, a lot of uh, different programs, you and I, as well, to encourage the people out there. These conferences that you guys put together is also to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And Nathan, a few weeks ago, you and I were uh, involved in talking about the subject matter of the rapture and uh, before the rapture, some of the things that we talked about. But of course, uh, this week, uh, we've taken a little bit of detour and we're actually uh, going all the way into the uh, Old Testament because Nathan, a lot of people don't seem to understand that Bible prophecy is also found in the Old Testament, right? amount of Bible prophecy yeah. is found in the Old Testament, especially about Jesus' first coming. Matter of fact, there are 300 general prophecies and 109 distinct wow. separate prophecies about the first coming of Jesus Christ. And so the Old Testament is just filled with prophecy, and not only about the Messiah, but about the kingdom of Christ, uh, about the eternal state, about heaven and hell. And, uh, Bible prophecy throughout the Old Testament covered events like kings and empires rising yeah. and falling and prophets, uh, giving prophecy uh, to bring Israel back to repentance. So the Old Testament is absolutely filled with uh, prophecy as is the new. Yeah, somehow, Nathan, I mean, most people are familiar with the rapture and the tribulation and all these things that are talked about in, in the New Testament. And you and I, of course, we've talked a, a lot about these things. But I, I thought, man, there's some wonderful hidden prophecies in the Old Testament that we wanted to encourage the saints of the Lord to open their Bibles and dig in so that they will be blessed. And a lot of these prophecies are concerning the Messiah and, of course, Jesus Christ. And I just think it's amazing. And one of those fascinating uh, prophecies, Nathan, that sometimes people don't take the opportunity to dig into is actually found in the book of Proverbs. Now, Nathan, when you think of the book of Proverbs and uh, Psalms, what immediately maybe comes to your mind? Adultery. <laughs> Well, at least it started that way right, before yeah. <laughs> uh, sibling died and when David and Bathsheba uh, had the affair and then they married and Solomon wasn't born out of adultery but his parents got together through adultery and so Proverbs are the writings primarily of Solomon yeah. throughout. Solomon warns about adulteresses and to stay away from them and all but 
That's not the only topic <laughs> in Proverbs. Proverbs is clearly a book of wisdom. It yes, yeah. God, uh, when God says, I can give you any gift, and he could have said, I wanted money, I wanted right. fame, I wanted fortune. God gave him wisdom, and because of wisdom, Solomon gained you know, money and fame and fortune, but he, he was so a light in God's eyes. God, God loved Solomon and blessed him greatly. Solomon fell away from the Lord later in his life, and that's where we get to the book of Ecclesiastes, where as an old man, Solomon is writing about what, how miserable life was like being separated from the Lord. So Proverbs yeah, yeah. is filled with, with the wisdom of Solomon from walking with the Lord and not walking with the Lord and then coming back to the Lord again, and we can learn a lot from it. Excellent point. Nathan, you're so funny. You caught me by surprise there. I was expecting you to say wisdom first, and you said adultery. So I was like, hmm, let me see. <laughs> but, well, I think I like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> but hey, very good point, Nathan. Very good background so people can understand really a little bit of background. But yet, uh, uh, nestled in the Proverbs, we also find some wonderful uh, prophecies, and we're going to be looking at those today in, in Proverbs chapter 30. So I want to invite those of you that are watching and listening, uh, follow with us uh, the incredible prophecies in uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 30, uh, as we primarily will focus on verse 4. Nathan, would you be able to take us there and read for us uh, Proverbs 30 verse 4? Uh, and before we continue opening that up? Sure, sure. Uh, well, let's do verse 4 and then uh, if we could back up uh, and then give a context where we at, but uh, Proverbs 30, verse 4, okay, so who has ascended into heaven, or descended, who has gathered the wind in his fence, who has bound the waters in a garment, who has established all the ends of the earth, what is his name, and what is his son's name, if you know? Mm. Awesome, awesome, Nathan, and you know, when we look at that passage, uh, there's a, a lot of incredible questions there that hopefully for people that read the Bible should spark uh, uh, something into their minds in, in reference to who this might mean. But I think I like your idea, Nathan, to back up a few verses and then move forward. So yeah, if you want to uh, open us up there, Proverbs 30, with the verses before that, that would be fantastic. Okay, well, Proverbs 30, verse 4 is actually five questions. The whole verse is nothing but questions. Yeah. But it begins, verse 1, with the words of Agur, the son of Jacob, his utterance, in other words, this is, was written by Solomon. Mm -hmm. was written by a man named Agur, son of Jacob. And this man declared to Ithiel and to Ithiel and Ukul. So what? Agur, Jacob, Ithiel, Ukul? I'm not sure I'm <laughs> pronouncing those right. But what we have here is a man who the commentaries say they have no clue who this Agur is. Right. Uh, he's the son of Jacob. Obviously, he is a man of great wisdom because he made it into the book of Proverbs. Yes. This is primarily Solomon's book, so, and he's giving a message, and if we'll read later on, he's giving a message, likely his dying message, to two men, Ithiel and Ugal, possibly they are his sons. So this is a father's last message to his sons. Mm. Excellent point, Nathan. And then, of course, uh, I like verses 2 and 3. Can you read those for us, and then maybe we can share a little bit? I thought those were interesting as well. Yeah, you know, for a book of wisdom, this is how Baker <laughs> start. He says, Surely I'm more stupid than any man, and do not have the understanding of a man. I either learn wisdom, nor have knowledge of holy ones. You know, Nathan, when I look at those verses, that's kind of encouraging, because I, I, I put myself in there. Surely I'm more stupid than others. <laughs> <laughs> But what? I, yeah, you know, for he's a humble guy. I would it, see. In other words, 
and I, obviously he's not a, a stupid guy, otherwise he wouldn't be in the Bible. That's right. But I think what he, he's saying is, as we read, especially verse 4, what he's saying is that compared to God, I'm an ignoramus. You know, God's knowledge is infinite, his power is infinite. Yes. Who am I? I'm stupid. I'm probably stupider than any other man. I don't have the understanding. I'm not as wise or as knowledgeable as the Holy One, as verse 3 says. So clearly, he's comparing himself to God. And brother, I think that should be applicable to us all. We live in that end times, as uh, Paul told Timothy, where people will be lovers of themselves, mm-hmm. they'll be boastful and proud. I was reading an article today that people are so obsessed with taking selfies of themselves that the average millennial takes one selfie for every day of their life. Wow. Every day of their life. They'll go to museums, they'll stand in front of great works of art, and they'll spend all their time picture of themselves next to the art. And so we live in a time where man is really, with the knowledge we have and have access to, we're all that and then some, and we're not. We don't have an inkling of knowledge compared to the knowledge of the Holy One of Heaven. Very good point. Nathan, hold on a second. Uh, for those of us that are for those that are watching us live, I, I gotta take a selfie of myself and post this real quick. So no. <laughs> but it's amazing anybody gets anything done. Oh hey, it's selfie. Isn't that if you know Nathan, but you made a very good point. What's happening to the humility? Uh, even in the church, Nathan, and we're not just talking about the world, right? I mean, we seem to be so consumed. Uh, with ourselves, and yet the Bible uh, says, you know what, we're called to be humble, and God, in our humility, the Holy Spirit can then move through us, right? Exactly, and it is sad. I think materialism has infected the tremendously. That's why the Bible says the church in the end times will be the church of Laodicea, which believes it's wealthy, because yes. they have a lot of money and resources. Spiritually, it's blind, naked, and poor. Matter of fact, it's so lukewarm, it doesn't need a hot or cold against Jesus that he says, I'll just spit you out of my mouth. Mm. And so we got to be careful that we're not part of that Laodicean thinking. We want to be the Philadelphia church, the one who loves the Lord and is excited about the Lord and the Lord has no condemnation for. And so, um, yeah, you're right. But we, we, it's funny, isn't it, how the Lord blesses us when we love Him? Yeah. But the blessings goes to our heads. And then we forget God and we become hostile to God and we turn ourselves into an idol. And we can see that in the Old Testament with Israel. You know, they, they'd be suffering and call out the Lord for help. He'd help. The next generation would be apathetic. The third generation would be rebellious. And the fourth generation would be back in slavery again and call upon the Lord to rescue them. And that cycle was repeated throughout the Old Testament. And we live in that time, man, where I think we are at that generation that's not just apathetic, but has crossed over into the time of hostility against God. Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, I, I think that for someone who's watching and someone who's listening maybe right now, you'll find yourself in that category. The, the wonderful thing is that God loves you. God has a plan for your life and he calls for repentance. And when we repent, we recognize that maybe we lived a life uh, basically self-consumed and we're willing to turn our lives over to the Lord. Then God begins to reveal incredible things. And that's why here, I, I always call him Agur, Nathan. And I'm glad that you called him differently here, Agur, because... <laughs> I love the way that he takes inventory of himself and recognizes uh, his, his faults and his deficiencies. And in a sense, you know, saying, hey, but God can still reveal things when we humble ourselves, you know? Right, right. Now, you, you pronounce it agur, I said agur. What is his name in Spanish? You know, I, I actually have a bilingual Bible, and in Spanish, it's agur. 
A-G-U-R. Oh, that has a nice roll to it. <laughs> Agur. So, um, yeah, so, <laughs> I'm glad. That's why I don't know Spanish. My R's don't roll. <laughs> but nevertheless, Nate, I think like you brought, like, like the thing that you're bringing out to us is, is humility, uh, you know, and wisdom. And uh, we find that verse 4 uh, introduces to us uh, two words, Nathan, that I sort of was captivated on. And it's the word ascend and, and then the word descend. And the Bible has a lot to say about that when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, when it comes to the church, when it comes to the rapture. A, a lot of that behind those verses, right, Nate? Right, right. So we got five questions and really the last one could be turned into three parts, so seven questions, and it's who, 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 who. In other words, okay, I, I'm stupid yep. compared to the Holy One, and to prove I'm, I'm stupid, who has ascended into heaven or descended? Well, can't do that and bring ourselves to heaven or descend from heaven and come back to earth. The second question, who has gathered the wind in his fist? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I grab the air, man, I don't have anything in my hand. There's nothing there. But God can take the winds and he can form them. And he, we even read about uh, about four angels that control the corners of the earth. They, they control the weather around the planet. And who can bound the waters in his garment? In other words, the clouds filled with the, the waters of the earth. You know, like a garment that God can wear around him. He's so big. And who has established all the ends of the earth? And that's another term for who has made the earth. You know, who has built the entire planet and then some. Well, what is his name, and, and what is his son's name, that, and, do you know? So, I mean, he's, he's comparing himself. He's saying, hey, we're people, and if you think you're all that, you're not. If you can do those things, then you're God, and clearly, we are not God. Excellent point. Nathan, it's, it's so, today, so many people are so into these all different types of phenomenons, and and all these different incredible things, and yet you ask them the basic question, well, let me see, that God that you supposedly serve, uh, can he do any of these things? And the answer is no, right, Nathan? <laughs> no, we, I don't know about you, but sure, I can walk around the atmosphere, you know, and the atmosphere touches me when it touches the soul, right. but that doesn't mean I can, I can bow in the waters in a garment or establish the ends of the earth. Now, this, the, the last section, so that's why you're having us talk about Proverbs 30, right? is that it's a reference to his, what is his son's name? Yes. Do you believe that this is a direct reference to Jesus Christ as if Agur knows that God has a son? Or is he saying that God is so powerful, so omnipotent, he is the one and only God, that if he has a son, or does anyone know his name? Do, mm -hmm. How do you see this part of verse 4? Nathan, that's a very good question. I will say, uh, before I was a Christian, maybe, I would look at this passage and be like, hmm, that's interesting. But now, as a believer, it just rings Jesus throughout, throughout eternity. I just saw, I see so much of Genesis 1-1 there, John 1-1. I just see so much of God's creation, Nathan, that I have to say, when you look at Genesis 1 and you look at... Uh, John 1 and you look at 1st John 1 we find that the Bible is so clear that Jesus was uh, in the creation he was part of that creation he was with the Father we see the Trinity and, and, and I just see Jesus all through this verse Nate yeah I agree of course being the Trinity the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit they're one and the same so if you're talking about one you're, you're talking about another absolutely but this this, this verse is huge because when you think about it, uh, as you study 
the Old Testament, it's very clear that the angel of the Lord, all the references to the angel of the Lord, like the angel of the Lord who, who visited uh, Abraham, the angel right. of the Lord who wrestled with Jacob, mm-hmm. uh, they, he was giving respect as deity. So pre-incarnate Jesus Christ was the angel of the Lord. But here in chapter 30 of Proverbs, we're saying, what is his son's name? And even the translators, I don't know about your version, but in the New King James Version, I'm reading, they capitalize son. Yes. As if, you know, deity again, and that's only done in reference to Jesus Christ. So it, it could be a two-pronged here. If Edgar is saying, well, does anyone know that he's got relatives? <laughs> or he could be actually, hey, the son, there's the son of Isaac. Do you know his name? And then he, he talks to people, surely you know, in the NIV version, or yeah. if you know. In other words, you don't. Nobody at that time period knew God's son saying, oh, we do today. His name is Jesus Christ, or in the Hebrew, Yeshua. Absolutely. And he will have a new name one day. It will be Yahweh Tidkinu. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is an amazing verse, man, because it points out to a son of God something in the Old Testament that wasn't revealed into the new. And Nathan, you know, of course, Isaiah talks about, you know, a virgin is going to bring forth a son, and they call his name, right? Uh, and, and we see all that there, but not it's not not often do we see that in Proverbs. I mean, Proverbs, honestly, most of the time when you ask someone, have you read Proverbs, all they, all they look at is like a devotional book, right? Oh, yeah, I do it every morning because it's my devotional time. But when you look at it from a biblical prophecy point of view, it, it's just really uh, uh, amazing to me uh, to see what is revealed here. I agree. And I wonder if it's because we're humans that we have to categorize everything. Well, this book is a book of poetry, and this book is a book of wisdom, and this book is a book of history, and this book is a book of prophecy, and none shall the four meet. And that's not true. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. There is a little bit of poetry, but there's also prophecy in it, too. And I believe, brother, you picked by verse 4. Verse 4 has got a lot of prophecy. In other words, there is a God, he's all-powerful and all, he's all-knowledgeable, but he also has a son. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when Isaiah was given the prophecy about the, the virgin shopper give birth and have a son, that where to us it's like, oh, a virgin's going to have a son. People might look and say, oh, a Messiah, it'll be a human Messiah. But for those who knew the scriptures, they knew that this son is something special. Yes. He's the son of God. Uh, and you know, Nathan, that's what is amazing to me. Not only that, but of course, and, and you shared this with us in the past when you look at the Psalms, right? Uh, Psalm chapter 2, uh, when, when you look at the book of Revelation, uh, there in, in the book of Revelation, it talks about how the Son is going to rule with a rod of iron. And of course, even in the Old Testament, there's so many prophecies pertaining to the Messiah, pertaining to Jesus. And I just believe this is one of those clear indicators here in, in Proverbs 30. Yeah, he's not just the Messiah. He's just not a glorified man. He's not just a person who, like Joshua, will rise up to to lead the people during their troubles. This is somebody special. This is the Son of God, the ultimate Messiah. And so that's something that that, that brings the Messianic passage to far more meaning. There's a lot of Jewish people out there that believe the Messiah is just going to be an empowered man like Samson. But that's not the case. The Bible's clear. The Messiah would also be divine. 
Hey, excellent point. And of course, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones. As we're talking about prophecies in Proverbs, we know there's a number of you tuned in live via social media, Facebook and the like. Feel free to go ahead and post your questions or your comments there as well for Nathan and myself. And uh, if we can't answer any questions now, we'll make sure that we'll get back to it. We would love to hear from you. Have maybe you thought uh, through these questions, or maybe you've pondered through these questions, and hopefully uh, the Holy Spirit is revealing certain truths to you clearly, talking about the Son. And of course, Nate, you and I know that Son is Jesus Christ that is mentioned as the Messiah. It, it is, it is. And it, it's a beautiful thing. And, and if I can go on a little five and six, he also has every word of God is for he is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his word, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. So we get we get a uh, promise and a warning here. We're told that God is pure every word, so don't add to him. In other words, that's you know, right. We can identify the cults. They add to the Bible, like Mormons, they added a whole book of the Bible, the Book of Mormon. But that God is a shield, we can put our trust in him. Because he's so powerful, he's so mighty, he's so right. pure, he's so holy, he's so all-knowing, so all-powerful, that we should put our faith and trust in him. Not in ourselves. We're weak, we're flimsy. We cannot hold the waters in a garment. We cannot create planets. God can, and we should put our trust in him, for he is all-powerful. I love it. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that. And, I, you know, Nathan, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just see there that correlation uh, with uh, Revelation chapter 22, when you read about not adding to the Word of God or taking away, right, Nate? And there's just seems some nuggets there that I thought were just amazing. Yeah, I mean, Revelation 22, you're, you're absolutely right, has a warning to people not to add to it. And uh, you will be cursed if you add to the book of Revelation. And throughout the Bible, you know, you always hear people say, oh, well, Revelation is talking about Revelation. No, it's the capstone, it's the last book of the Bible. It's saying, don't add. To the Bible, don't subtract from the Bible. You hear people all the time say, "Well, this council or that council, they chose this book or that book based on what they wanted to accomplish." No, 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 no. God was there. He's always there. If God can make a universe. He can make a book. <laughs> God can write a book, and He can keep it together what He wants. So we should never add or subtract. Don't add the pseudepigrapha or the apocrypha. You know, don't add the Book of Mormon. Don't add any of this stuff. Stick with the word of the Lord. He is powerful enough to, to provide for a book that we can know about him, and so we can put our trust in him. And his son, his name, if you know it. And at that time, Proverbs, did they know his name? You know, Nathan, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know if they knew his name by Jesus, of course, you know, but of course the Messiah. So uh, that's another wonderful question. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, I, I like what you said about Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied that he would be called wonderful counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty King. So there's a lot of titles yes. for him, but his name, no. And Proverbs was written probably about around a thousand or so, a uh, excuse me, BC, a thousand years before Jesus would be born. Right. A thousand years before he'd be titled Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, and then Isaiah was 300 years after Proverbs. So there's a 300 years before they get a little more information wow. about the Messiah, and then be another 700 years before Jesus came. And he would be called Jesus. So, but uh, praise the Lord, man, we live in great times because we have the complete Bible to look at 
you know, yeah. thousands of years to wonder these mysteries, and we have the answers to those mysteries today. And, and Nathan, and when, when you read Matthew chapter 1, and it talks about the birth of Jesus Christ and the different titles that are given to him, those are all the same titles that we were already talking about in the Old Testament. So that's why uh, we want to speak to the believers out there, the Christians as well. It's so important for you to read the entire Bible, not to just pick certain portions of it, or you're going to be missing out on some incredible, beautiful revelations of the Messiah and who uh, Jesus is. And Nate, you, you and I are in agreement that the only way that that's going to happen, that revelation can only come through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Right. Uh, you have to put your trust and faith in God. Surrender your life to Him. Repent of your sins and pray from your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus right. promises to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven. The guilt will be gone. The punishment will be upon Christ, which he conquered on the cross, and you will have a new life with him forever in heaven. Praise the Lord. So that's why, thank you, Nathan. And we want to encourage you, if you have not trusted in Christ, listen, from wherever you are, like Nathan shared, you can come to Christ right now. That's why we do this program, is to encourage you, to let you know that there's hope and that God loves you. But you have to take that step of faith and move towards him and open your heart to him, recognize that you have broken his commandments, that you are a sinner, that you are empty, that you are void. And then when you recognize that and you repent from your sins, the Bible says you simply have to call on the name of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever confesses the name of the Lord, as the Bible says in the book of Romans. So from wherever you are, you can just call on the name of Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. But God, right now I repent from my sins and I turn to you. And I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior and my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. And then you would agree, then the Holy Spirit just begins to reveal things to people. Nate, remember before you were a Christian, I don't know if you grew up in a Christian home or not, but trying to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit is like, what does that mean, right? <laughs> oh, man, that still goes that way. You know, if I don't pray before I read the Bible and meditate on the Word, you know, and if I superficially just skim yeah. through it, and, and I, you don't have it. You, you got to depend on the Holy Spirit. He illuminates our paths. Excellent point. And, and Nathan, I, that's why I wanted to make that, that relation there because before I was a Christian, I tried to read the Bible and it made no sense. When I gave my life to the Lord, all of a sudden, like those scales were lifted and I was able to see things that I couldn't see there before. And, and maybe that's what we're hoping that would happen to people as they look at Proverbs 30, especially verse 4, and that the Holy Spirit would just reveal to them uh, His truth of the Son, Jesus Christ, uh, to those individuals. So, Nathan, again, I want to thank you so much. I, I mean, there's just so much here, and you and I had just started to uh, sort of warm up on this, right, Nate? <laughs> right. This is a fantastic passage, and thank you uh, for coming up with this topic. You come up with our topics every week, and they're always fascinating to me. I love discussing them and learning about them in preparation. And brother, God bless you. No, thank you so much, Nathan, for helping us elaborate. It's just a, we, we have a lot of fun, you and I, uh, talking about many biblical prophecy topics. And we just do this to hopefully encourage our viewers and our listeners. So we hope those of you that are tuned in live that today, uh, you have been encouraged. And if you have given your life to Christ, uh, let us know. Nathan and myself, we, we want to rejoice uh, with you. So, Nate, it's always a pleasure to have you. I'm so glad that you were back from your conference from uh, the Bahamas, and uh, hopefully next week uh, we'll be on again as we continue to elaborate in God's Word. So, it's always a joy to have you on. You too, brother. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. And for those of you that are watching and listening, of course, we ran out of time uh, for this segment of our program, but Lord willing, 
Uh, we want to be back here next week. But listen, we're going to leave our lines open. So for those of you that are tuned in, maybe you're in need of prayer. Uh, maybe you had a question that wasn't answered. We would love to uh, hear from you anyway. Give us a call, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And we would love to be able to uh, chat with you. So Vic Batista and Nathan Joe saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you, and we pray you have a wonderful week. Have a great day.